0: You are listening to the sermon podcast of Nielsville Presbyterian Church, a Christ centered church in Germantown, Maryland. To learn more about Nielsville, visit us online at Nielsville.org. The end of all things is at, it, is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as a good stewards of very, God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever speaks and serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm humbled by this opportunity to be able to be up here and to share a little bit about unpacking more about the, the mission trip that we went on this summer, um, kind of breaking it down into how we... Prepared what we did and kind of that preparation, what happened when we got there, and then one of the questions I always ask the youth whenever we're having Sunday school or um, a youth group and, and having little devotion times is, what's the, so, so what? And what is the so what of this mission trip? Um, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time kind of walking through that. And as you've heard today from the teens, we went to Pittsburgh um, and you know, I, I was Googling some facts about Pittsburgh. I'm sure others in the congregation can tell you more about Pittsburgh than I can tell you about Pittsburgh. Um, but what was fascinating to me was, I didn't know there was such a thing, but there is a, a survey out there on the most livable cities in the world. Pittsburgh is ranked as one of the most livable cities in the world and was repeatedly as one of the most livable cities in the United States. Who knew such a thing existed? Um, Mr. Kondrick is waving both hands in the air. Um, as he knew that, and, and we don't typically thought, think of um, mission trips as being in these types of urban settings. So you've got a, a very wonderful place to live. It's a it's a very urban city, um, and my animations didn't work there. But hopefully, in the middle of the middle of that slide, you see uh, a sign that is also that is at the back of the exit of our of our church that says you are now entering the mission field. Um, and it's with that perspective that we we went into this mission trip this summer, and I, I would hope that each one of us takes the opportunity to really process that and think about what it means to go out into mission. And you see there um, opportunities to serve in mission in your workplace, whether it's whether you're in a cubicle or you're in a big corporate environment whether you're at your schools, and I've got a couple of the different logos. Sorry for any of the kids if I missed a a, a high school logo or middle school logo. I I got a lot of them. Or in your neighborhoods, just even kind of in the communities in which we live, um, there's an opportunity uh, to serve in mission in our communities. And so um, uh, for those of you that know me know that uh, I, I give talks and lectures, so this may be more of like a lecture than a sermon. So my apologies if you don't if you don't digest that and process that. And I've got a lot of notes here, so I'm gonna look down and look up. Um, so forgive me for that. I just want to make sure I get across all the points that um, that were impactful uh, throughout this process. And and so bear with me as we as we as as I fumble through this. Um, but let's take a moment to pray. Uh, and and as as I'm gonna talk about. Uh, prayer is critical, um, and, and we were bathing ourselves in prayer before we went on this mission, during this mission trip, and, and as we've returned. So, dear Lord, uh, we give you thanks for the teens that said yes to going on this mission trip this summer. Uh, you have seen them and heard them talk about the impact of that going and serving on mission for you. And, Father, we just lift up that time that we had together um, this week and uh, or the week that we were on the mission trip and kind of the lives that were changed and the impacts that were made uh, and, and Father we, we just lift all of that time up for you and f- now as I stand up here may the words that I say that are not yours may they be quickly forgotten uh, and the words that are yours may they linger on the hearts of those that hear them uh, help us to digest this Time together and process this time together, and use it as an opportunity to grow in you uh, and figure out how we can better serve you uh, in in our communities each and every day. Amen. You know, as 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 I heard the amen there, there was one of the kids. this story didn't come up, um, but there was one of the kids where he was asked to lead a prayer right before we ate, and he was on top of the table and he said his prayer. And he stopped and he looked around and said, "Aren't you guys supposed to say, "Amen?" So it was, uh, it was a pretty awesome, pretty awesome experience to see that. So if you've ever been on a trip or on a mission trip or any kind of event where you're going out and going somewhere, uh, there's a lot of things that you have to, to deal with in preparation as part of that. You know you have a series of questions: Where are we going? What are we going to be doing? What are we going to pack? Where will we stay? The list goes on and on and on and on. Um, And as we started to have conversations and Tamara reached out to Andrew, who was our leader in praying pelicans uh, in Pittsburgh, we started to get a sense of what our week was gonna look like. So we started to be able to prepare and plan and think through what that mission trip was gonna look like for the week that we had ahead. Uh, And, you know, I think we spent a lot of time in this preparation and in this uh, time with youth both in Sunday school and at youth group we spent a lot of time in 1st uh, Peter 4 uh, verses 7 through 11 and there were three main points that we uh, that we, we focused on as part of that the first was prayer and I mentioned that already and I'll come back to that uh, showing hospitality and what it means to show hospitality uh, and The third was using whatever gifts you have and using them to serve. So first in prayer. Um, When we finally kind of came together with this mission trip and what it was we were going to be doing, we spent a lot of time praying for that week, praying and and thinking about uh, what it was that we were going to be asked to do, um, praying for fears to be subsided, praying for lives to be touched, both the lives of the people that we were going to interact with and the lives of our youth. We prayed for protection. Um, we prayed uh, for mine and Tamara's sanity uh, to be there for a week, uh, just us and, um, and all these wonderful youth. Uh, but they did smell. The boys were, I verify that, they were very quite smelly. Um, and in all honesty, if I'm being honest, uh, I had to pray repeatedly for a, a desire to go on this mission trip. I was at a point where Things were crazy. It was a lot going on in my life. Um, we were trying to manage a lot of schedules, and, you know, I had to be pushed to a place where I felt this was, this, I, was I could be called and, and moved into this mission trip, and thankfully God was, was able to answer that prayer. Um, we asked others to pray for us, um, both those that were, that were uh, in the congregation, those outside of our congregation, those in Pittsburgh, we asked for we asked for lots of prayers. So, so in all things, we were trying to bathe ourselves in prayer. And the other thing that we talked about was hospitality, um, and to do that, we we uh, asked a uh, a former uh, person in our church, Derek Longbreak, to come back and interact with our youth as part of a Sunday school hour. Uh, and and talking with Pastor Derek, we tried to help get him to help guide us as to what it meant to be hospitable to the homeless. And you guys have seen some of the pictures. There's one up there now. I guess it's over here. There's one over here now of what what these homeless sites looked like that we were walking into. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever walked into a homeless person's residence or where they stay. It can be intimidating. So what does it mean to be hospitable in that environment? And we got ourselves a little bit uncomfortable. Pastor Derek kind of walked us through sitting down with each other and sharing conversations with each other, with these people that we know, the youth that we know, and they were sitting beside each other, talking to each other about their lives and their days. And that can sometimes be a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. It's okay to be a little uncomfortable. One of the things that, that, was, that I really took away from this was we have to practice this exercise of hospitality. And it's not something that always comes natural to everyone, but it's something that we need to practice. And I, I question whether or not I do that on a daily basis. Do we as a church do that on a daily basis? Do we practice the opportunity to be hospitable? Um, It's a gift. It's a blessing from God, and it's not something that is always easy. It comes with some discomfort, and it's okay to be just uncomfortable. But as we practice it and as we work through it, um, God can work through those opportunities uh, in our lives so that we can show his love uh, to the community around us. The, the, the third thing that we, we spent time thinking about and, and working towards was bring whatever gifts you got. Uh, and for those of you that have been on mission trips or have kids that have been on mission trips, you get a lot of emails and reminders, bring this, bring that, bring this, bring that. We had balls, we had uh, bring your balls, bring your Frisbees, bring your cards, bring your coloring books, bring your pencils, bring your papers. We were really asking the kids to bring the things that they like to do. Bring the things that they're good at. Bring those gifts and talents that you've been blessed with. And just do that. Whatever it is that you're good at. Whatever it is that you enjoy. Bring that. Do that. And I think we can rest in this, this quote that God doesn't call the qualified, thankfully since I'm standing up here. Um, but he qualifies the call. Uh, and what we wanted to help the youth understand and help ourselves understand was that we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be willing. We just have to be willing to go and to use the gifts that God has given us uh, in, this, in this opportunity that we were going to be on. And, and church, the call is the same for us. Is are we praying for those ways and circumstances that we can use our gifts and talents, where we can be hospitable in our communities and in the people that we interact with on a daily basis, in our churches, in our schools, in our, um, in our workplaces, are you willing to just show up into someone's life and use your gifts and talents? So those were all the things we kind of prayed on and thought about and worked towards and practiced, um, and I don't think any of it could have prepared us for what happened when we got there. Um, we were absolutely blown away uh, by the experience, and, and as you guys have heard, the, the youth share kind of the impact on the, the community that we were able to have, but also the impact that the community had on us. Uh, and so I'm gonna to touch on some of those things that happened while we were there, and kind of the, this, this whole concept of redemptive participation. Uh, and i've looked for a couple of different quotes on redemptive participation and i probably didn't i did not reference it here um, but it's when god's people intentionally bring the kingdom of god to bear upon their community their cities their neighborhood their homes every nook and cranny of life here on planet earth to engage our culture with the kingdom of god and we've talked to the youth about what this kind of concept of redemptive participation means. And I think kind of one illustration is kind of keeping one foot in your community and, in, and actively engaged in your community and working in that community, but keeping that other foot firmly entrenched in who Christ is and in your prayer life and your spiritual life and not being, uh, not being an example of having all the Christians look just like everyone else in the community. We should be different. We should look different. That doesn't mean we shouldn't engage with the community, and so we were able to kind of engage in this redemptive participation, and we certainly didn't call it that at the time. We were doing it, Um, but really what it was when we were there, it was just realizing that the church is the body of Christ, and it and for those of you that were at the youth service that we held, uh, I think it was middle, early summer in June ish, um, we talked about kind of growing Nielsville and growing Nielsville's impact in the community. But what we were learning and engaging with in Pittsburgh was that church is so much bigger than Nealsville, Um And it's not confined to the brick and to the mortar and to the pews that we sit in every day. You saw where we went to church on a blacktop. It was an amazing experience. We saw and participated in a variety of different connected missions around Pittsburgh. And, and you've heard about those. Praying Pelicans, Light of Life, um, the Pittsburgh Project. Um, those were all different missionaries that were serving in Pittsburgh that were They had different missions, but they were all interconnected, and they were all reaching to serve this community, Uh, and and we got to really engage on a couple of those different elements, and and I want to touch on just a couple of things of of what it it took and and what we took away from from that activity. Um, Prayer is key, Uh, and we needed to marinate ourselves in prayer both um, before we went, while we were on the mission trip, uh, and then after we've returned. And I've touched a little bit on praying before we go and kind of the prayers that we asked for and the prayers that we had in Sunday school and in youth group. What was cool is when we got to Pittsburgh, the people in Pittsburgh had been praying for us, which was wonderful because we needed those prayers. But it was humbling to, to hear that they had engaged in their prayer lives and praying for the group specifically that was to come to Pittsburgh and to work with them. And, and that was really awesome to see. We had a period of time before we went out on our first prayer walk, and you heard about the prayer walks. We were walking into the homeless villages. Um, we went out to, Before we went out on our first prayer walk, the, the, the leaders at Light of Life spent time praying over us in of individual prayer time so they would come up to us and for those of you that have had someone pray over you sometimes that can be a little uncomfortable it can be a little intimate some of our youth were a little uncomfortable with that process of having someone pray over you and praying directly for you and asking asking you specifically what can i pray for you about and so i think some of them said i don't know um just that everything goes okay uh and, and what I would encourage you all to do is to come find some of those youth. Ask them about those prayers. Afterwards, as you all saw, there were a lot more boys than girls. So the girls had quiet time at night. The boys had rowdy time at night. That's, that's kind of how it went. But I think in some of the, the, the girls' quiet time, there was some discussions around, how did those women at Light of Life know what was in my heart? How are they able to touch me that way? And Tamra spent time talking with them, and of has shared this with me. That's the Holy Spirit. And I ask and, and, and wonder if, if, if I, if we have people that we can pray with like that, do we have those people that we can go to and pray over? Do we have people that can pray over us like that? that we can take those opportunities to let the Holy Spirit work and to really engage in someone's life in that way. Um, so, so that was then, before, during, after we've gotten back. I don't know how many times Tamara's reached out and talked to the people at Light of Life or Praying Pelicans. You were on the phone with them last week, Tamara. Um, you know, they've continued to pray for us. And, and we've continued to pray for the people that we've engaged with in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and really just bathing all of that in prayer is, is, has been, and continues to be critical. The last thing, uh, or another thing that I wanted to spend some time talking about was to train yourself and to pause and look for the unexpected. Look for those opportunities to engage in the community. The first group that went out, we split up, part of us stayed at Light of Life, part of us went out on these prayer walks, and we did, we did it one way one day and another way the next day, so we all got to experience all of that opportunity. Um, and the first group that went out on their prayer walk, they went into a, uh, a homeless area where there was a couple living uh, in, in tents, and that group interacted with some joggers that were on a path that, that way, and... Um, the the person that was taking us out on the day-to-day walks and works with the homeless asked if they knew that there was a major homeless camp right there, right beside where they were running. And they'd noticed that they'd never seen it. They ran that path every day and had never noticed that there were homeless living right along the river walk, right where they were running. And, you know, I think think this is often a, a reminder. It can serve as a reminder for us to take that time to pause and to to look for those opportunities and in that pausing that we are we are we are focused on God right we are focused on our vertical relationship with the Almighty so that as we build that vertical relationship we can then go out and touch others right that's the image of the cross is that we build that vertical relationship right yeah, it's on the on the graphic now um and as we build that vertical relationship, unless that vertical relationship between us and, and our Savior is strong and, and has a good foundation, we're not going to be able to go out into the community and reach others for, for Christ. I think um, the next one is, is a, uh, a tough reminder for me. And this was the devotional that I don't know that we have, one of the devotion books that we, we used every day. And we spent time in prayer before we went out uh, and, and worked with the community Uh, Is a good reminder for me, uh, and I don't know if it's on a a graphic, but it maybe hit the click one more time. Um, Maybe not, but there's a graphic on this slide that was there at one point that said, slow down. That's a good reminder for me. Sometimes I need to remember to slow down. But one of the the phrases that was in this devotional that we had spent time working through uh, said, uh, and it's up there on the screen, but I want to read it. Pushing forward without taking adequate time for rest and replenishment can make our lives seem heroic. But there's a frenetic quality to that kind of life that disconnects our spirits from God and makes everything about us. Let me read it again. Pushing forward without taking adequate time for rest and replenishment can make our lives seem heroic. But there's a frenetic quality to that kind of life that disconnects our spirits from God and makes everything about us. It, again, comes back to this whole need for a vertical relationship. We need to be right with God if we're able to go out into the community and engage the community for Christ. So often we miss that because uh, we get wrapped up in our lives and, and our everyday uh, activities and, and just miss that time to take a pause and really, really spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word, um, and, and kind of focused on the things that we're supposed to be focused on. The next thing that we, we, we learned when we were there was the importance of community and relationships. I don't know how many different stories we heard from, from homeless people, either those that were still homeless or those that had been homeless, that, that really it was about the broken relationship that had led them to that life of homelessness. Um, and when we're, when we're disconnected, relationships suffer, communities broken, uh, but but there is Hope in, in restoration, and, and oftentimes the communities that we have and the communities in which we belong are the glue. Uh, and from one of the morning devotions, we read from Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and it said, "...and let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together, as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching." So as we sat with our quiet time, and you saw some pictures of the, the, the youth sitting in their quiet times. They weren't the only ones in quiet times. All the adults were, we, we had our own quiet time as well. And what really stood out to me was let us consider. And that's why it's bold and underlined here. Um, that, that struck me because I, I think about how, how do you know how to spur one another on to love and to good deeds? You really have to have those intimate relationships Right, You have to know where people's gifts, where people's talents, where people are in their daily walk. If we don't have those types of intimate relationships with each other, then we can't use those opportunities that we have to spur one another on to good deeds and to love. And so we need to do more of this. I think we all need to do a better job of getting to know one another, getting uncomfortable in each other's lives, getting to that point where uh, we can have those intimate prayer times where we can pray for each other intimately, where we can know each other's gifts and weaknesses and talents and, and, and where we can serve better and, and use that as an opportunity to spur one another on to love and to good works. And, and then comes the question of, of the so what, and, you know, I, I, I think the youth are probably tired of hearing me say that because we have a lesson, and then I say, and what's the so what? Um... But, but hopefully you've kind of taken some things away from, from the stuff I've been talking about uh, and uh, have, have taken down some ideas and some thoughts about um, some of how we can use what we've learned uh, and what we learned on this mission trip as a very small group of us from Nilsville going out and serving on mission and how we can use that and apply it in our everyday lives as we go out into the mission field, out of the parking lot, of, uh, of this church. Uh, and in, in Jeremiah 29, I think it's a good uh, reminder that um, as uh, the, the Israelites were in exile, uh, God called them to settle down, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which they have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it. This is a call for us too. We are sojourners in this place. This is not our home. Our home is a heavenly home. But while we're here, we should go out and we should engage and we should interact with the community. We should pray for the communities in which we live, pray for those that are in it. We should live as citizens of this world. We should not withdraw from it. We shouldn't hate our enemy, but we should feed him. We should not hide away. We should love our neighbors. We don't hide behind judgmental thoughts and comments, but listen to the pains of our neighbors. Don't just blend into the city, but live in that redemptive participation where you have a strong foundation in who you are in Christ, but wholly engaged in your community. For those of you that don't know, we take the youth on a winter retreat. Tamara reminded me of this earlier, and I thought it was pretty good. She wasn't able to join us this year, but... We had an, uh, we, there's a, there is a song that's, that's lyrically genius, I think. It's called the Hokey Pokey. Anybody ever heard of the Hokey Pokey? Yeah. So we, we worked with the Hokey Pokey uh, on the winter retreat with our, with our youth. And kind of it ends with put your whole self in. Right? It's not just your arm. It's not just your head. Put your whole self in. Right. And so that's what this redemptive participation is. Put your whole self into your communities. Put your whole self into those places that you go every day. Stay grounded in who you are in Christ, but put your whole self in. And that's terrifying, right? Because that means being vulnerable. That means opening yourself up in ways that you may not want to. Um, But as as I said earlier, um, we don't have to be enough. Because Christ is enough, right? So we don't have to underestimate the power that we have in Christ because he is more than enough to engage us in a way that, and to fill us, to fill all of our brokenness, to take all of that and to make it wonderful, right? It's not something that that we have to do on our own, but God does it through us. And I'll come back to the, the lesson that we learned in the lyrics that, that that Janice sang, uh, and that the, the choir sang, because they were it was really awesome. I know Tamara talked about seeing the, the dance and the interpretive dance around this song Rescue. Um, if you didn't hear the lyrics, I'd encourage you to go find them, but you know it, it says in, in some of the key words there, "I will send out an army to find you, in the middle of the night, I will rescue you." so maybe if you're sitting here today and You're broken and you're in that really tough place. God wants to send out an army to rescue you. How awesome is that? And for everyone else, when you're in Christ, you're part of that army. You're part of that army that's going out and rescuing those in need, that are rescuing those that are hurting, really engaging in your community. So, just a, a, a word to close is that um, you know often our hesitation kind of keeps us from going out and doing those great works in in the lives of those with which we engage every day, um, and oftentimes we're fearful that we're not enough, and the reality is we're not, but He is, and that's a great place to be. So join me in prayer. Father, give you all the praise and honor and glory for the youth that have said yes to this mission trip and for the week that we spent together. Um, We give you thanks for the opportunity to come and to share a portion of what that week meant to us. We give you thanks for the generous gifts and the blessings and the prayers that enabled us to go on this trip. We give you thanks for the impact that we were able to make on that community for the little bit of time that we were there and a a tremendous thanks for the impact that it has made in our lives. And Father, we just lift up uh, this church for supporting us in this mission. And Father, we just ask for those opportunities as we leave this place to enter the mission field and to go out and reach others by sharing your love with the world around us. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen. To learn more about Nielsville, visit us online at nielsville.org.